I think one of the things that homeschooling does is it encourages students to think outside the box and to take initiative and to look for opportunities around them. I think that's what we're teaching them in the younger years. And that just translates really well into after high school and into the opportunities that they can pursue. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the Zan Tyler podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. This podcast is devoted to encouraging you in your homeschool journey through conversations with amazing homeschool leaders and advocates. I wanted to remind you to please subscribe or follow this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. That may be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. Please leave a review and rating, especially on Apple Podcast. If this show has helped you on your homeschool journey, it really helps the podcast out and we sure do appreciate it. Also, we are now on YouTube, so if video is your style, please like and subscribe to the Zantyler Podcast on YouTube. And be sure to go to the website, zantyler.com. You can find all my social handles there for the show, like Facebook and Instagram. You can also send me a message. So now with all of that out of the way, let me introduce you to my guest. Today, I'm excited to welcome my good friend, Beth Martin. We've got a great conversation ahead for you on homeschooling in high school. After earning her Bachelor of Science in Education and Mathematics from Ohio University, Beth began her career in 1989 teaching middle school students math in Lexington, South Carolina. She left that job to become a full-time mom when her first child was born, with two more children arriving soon after that to round out the Martin clan. Beth and her husband, Steve, homeschooled all three of their children through graduation. In 2013, Beth joined the staff of the South Carolina Association of Independent Homeschools, and in 2015, she was named Middle and High School Director. Beth works closely with colleges, the Commission on Higher Education, and the South Carolina Department of Education to ensure that families receive the best possible information and guidance while still allowing parents to control the educational process and individualize instruction to suit the needs of each child. Beth has joined the staff of Upstate Homeschool Co-op as the incoming high school program director for 2023 and 2024. She loves encouraging, supporting, and advising parents and students to find the best path for high school and beyond. Welcome, Beth. It's such a privilege to have you. Hey, Beth, it is so good to have you on the podcast today. I can't tell you how excited I am about this session on homeschooling in high school. Uh, Thank you, Zan. I'm so excited to be here. This is an honor and I'm really looking forward to it. Well, we'll, um, I want you to tell about your personal life first, and then we'll talk about how we know each other through working together at SCAES and what that is and what it does. So if you could just tell us about your homeschooling journey, 
what caused you to homeschool? How many kids you have? How long you homeschooled? All those interesting kinds of things. Yeah. So I grew up in a family of educators um, and I went to college to be a teacher, a math teacher. I taught um, math in the public schools for four years and then we started having kids. And so I stayed home with the kids and the plan was always for me to um, go back to teaching after all the kids were in school. But um, after one child, two more quickly came along. And so we had three kids and our oldest got to be kindergarten age. And we just had a real um, unsettled feeling about putting him in a public school setting. It just didn't feel like that's where God was leading us. And um, we heard something on the radio about a homeschool conference. We knew nothing about homeschooling, but we heard about a homeschool conference being held in our area. And my husband and I got a babysitter and we went for the day and we looked around and we looked at curricula. And then we went to this amazing workshop led by none other than Joe and Zan Tyler, if you can imagine. <laughs> I know this story. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, I'm not saying this because I'm here today. I'm saying this. I tell the story all the time that that was a pivotal day for us and a pivotal workshop for us. It really um, made a huge impact on the direction we were going. And we left that day saying, okay, I think we can give this a try. And my husband was a little more committed than I was. I was very nervous. I It was really outside the box for me. Um, but I kind of agreed that, okay, I could try it for one year. It's just kindergarten. I think we can probably handle that. Let's give that a try. Um, and 17 years later, we graduated our last child from homeschooling. They homeschooled the whole way through. So it was a great experience. That's pretty amazing. So what made you continue on all those years in homeschool through high school? So I really feel like every year I had a moment. I, well, probably more than a moment, several <laughs> moments. <laughs> right. uh, but I had a moment, usually it came about February, maybe March, usually February, where I just started questioning and saying, Lord, do you really want us to do this again? Is this, I don't think my husband felt that same way, but I felt like I needed to ask that question every year. I just wrestled, I think, with the insecurities of, am I doing a good enough job? Because I was the primary one doing the instruction he was working. Um, and I just, I just needed that confirmation. And, um, you know, God was so gracious in every year, just confirming in one way or another, whether it was a variety of ways, but every year I just felt God confirming, no, I want you to keep going, just keep pressing on. And um, so we just took it year by year. Um, as we got further in, it got a little easier to make that decision because I think we started seeing the fruits of what we were doing and the benefits of it. And that allowed us to press on a little bit more. You know, I think as a homeschool mom, the most scared I've ever been is when I thought God was calling us to homeschool in high school. All along, our plan had sort of been, we were taking it a year at a time. And then it's like you, we're rocking along and we're seeing fruit and we think this is great. Joe was a high school and college athlete. He wanted the boys to be able to play sports in high school. We didn't have the Tim Tebow law back then. And, and I just, on a scale of one to 10, Homeschooling in high school was like a 15 for me. I was much less scared the day I was threatened with jail by the superintendent than I was of homeschooling in high school. Of course, a lot has changed since the 90s when we were homeschooling in high school, the mid to late 90s, uh, when we started homeschooling the two boys. 
But it was, that was a real fear point for me because I was afraid, am I going to prepare them for college? You know, what about Spanish? What about labs for John who wanted to go to med school? And I thought, I can't do any of these things. But it was amazing how the Lord provided. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, so let's talk for just a minute about how we met at SCAES. Would you mind just telling us what, telling tell everybody who's watching or listening today, what SCAES is, what it stands for, and your role there? Yeah, so SCAES is the South Carolina Association of Independent Homeschools. Um, and of course, Stan could give you the best history on it since she is the founder of that organization. But SCAES became pivotal to me um, as we were entering, I guess, late elementary. Um, we were starting to have those questions. Can we homeschool through high school? And is this something we really want to press on with? And at that time, we were not a member of SCAES. But I did some research and we talked about it and prayed about it and just really felt we needed more support. And that's when we realized that we could turn to SCAES to get that. And um, I just can't tell you how much support we've received from the counselors. I could go into the office in person and talk with my counselor. I could talk to her on the phone. I could email. Um, I just had somebody else who was walking the journey with me. I didn't have to think so hard about filtering out the good and the bad information around me. I had somebody who had already done that work, who had already done the research for me and could come alongside me. Uh, now, in South Carolina, you do need to join an association. There's three options to homeschool legally, and SCAES is option two in the law, named by name, which is an amazing thing. Um, and that, I think, in the high school years just brought us great comfort, especially, and allowed us to be able to press on and continue homeschooling. And so when I had the opportunity, when my youngest was going into her junior year, to come on staff and join the team at SCAES, um, it just seemed like the perfect fit. Like um, I had received so much help and guidance through the years that it just seemed natural to want to give back and to help other families with that. And so it's during that time I got to come alongside and work with you and work for you and just be a part of that great organization. So, Beth, so let's talk about this. First of all, SCAES, if you're interested, um, this is really not a pitch. This is just if you're interested, is is open to people outside of South Carolina. We have a lot of military homeschoolers who live all over the place. We actually talked about um, military homeschooling last week. And, uh, and we have people who are missionaries that live globally that are members of SCAES. And then we have a lot of people outside of South Carolina that are members of SCAES, especially during the high school years when you might feel like you may have need more support. But Beth, let me ask you this. What does a parent do um, to find, let's say they just, they live globally, they live in a different state that doesn't have an organization like SCAES, but they do have a state organization. How can they find the support they need to homeschool in high school? Yeah. So um, if you want to join SCAES, as you said, that's definitely an option. We do work with families all over the country, all over the world, missionary families. Um, that's a big part of what we do is just helping those families navigate because many of those families that are in other countries want their students to be able to come back and attend college here in the States. And so knowing what is required is helpful. Um, but if you don't have an organization like SCAES, you don't want to join one like SCAES, 
you're just going to have to work to network and find that state association, talk to them. You have to reach out, you have to do your research. And um, you do want to make sure that you're following the homeschool laws and homeschool legal defense association, HSLDA is uh, the go-to place to learn all about that. And they're a great organization to come alongside you as well. So, so Beth, so let's, let's just start now about talking about why homeschooling in high school is so intimidating. Yeah. I think that um, there can be a variety of reasons. Some of it is maybe the parents have had their own bad experience in high school and don't feel confident in what they've learned. And I think the world around us has taught us or conveyed to us that you can't teach a subject unless you're an expert in that field. And so parents feel like they can't do justice to a subject unless they are an expert. Uh, and it's, there's nothing wrong with having experts teach your children. But um, I think that there's so much more in the high school years that you can be teaching your student. There's a lot more than just the academics. Um, you want to be teaching your whole child. You want them to um, be learning to grow in their character and in um, socially and in their um, spiritual walk. So there's so many other things you can be teaching them. But I found that um, homeschooling in high school um, gave me the opportunity to also be teaching my student, I guess what we call now the soft skills, like learning how to um, talk with other people, how to have discussions, how to um, just get along in the world around them. And um that's something you can naturally do as a parent. You don't have to be trained to do that. So there's a lot you can do, but a lot of homeschooling in high school is also just providing the right resources for your student. So you'd all be out let me, be an expert. Let me go back to that soft skill thing. We hadn't planned on talking about this, but this is such a great thing. I can remember re reading an, arc, uh, an article by somebody at Google, and they were talking about you would think when we hire at Google, it would be technology first. You know, we want tech-savvy people. He said, which we do. But we're realizing that the soft skills of being able to relate to others, be able to problem-solve, being able to work in an environment um, and uh, conquer new environments. They said, we're realizing the soft skills are really more important at some point than the tech skills. I've saved that article. I need to go back and re-read it because that is what I think homeschooling really excels in. And of course... You're a mathematician, and you have kids who did great in the math and sciences. We know a lot of people who have used, you know, we have at, at BJU Press, we have great video teachers and great courses in all subjects at the high school level. So there's so many options now for parents that um, I, I think they can relax a lot more than we were able to in the 90s. One thing I'll just say this is, I just, I was so worried about the buck stopping with me and I preparing my kids for everything they need. And I know you echo this, but I just want to say that the Lord is so good. I can remember when I was walking, Joe, I had, we live in the country and I had a walking track, sort of makeshift walking track. And I used to pray every morning and walk for an hour. That was kind of my clear of the head time. And so it was like the Lord said to me one day, so what are you afraid of? And I mentioned then what you had mentioned to me, the science labs, and I wanted my kids to be fluent in Spanish. And I was not, even though I had all these classes in high school and college, I could hardly speak a word. 
And so I just remember praying. God said, my strength is made perfect in weakness. It's just the verse that flooded my mind. And if we stand still, we'll see his salvation. So long story short, sort of short, um, the next two days I got a call, one from Debbie Essick, who used to work at Skays, and she said, hey, Sam, my dad's moving down, and he's got a double master's in science, and he wants to teach a homeschool biology class with the lab. Would you be interested in that? And I'm thinking, hallelujah. Now, this is the 90s. There's no internet. There are no co-ops or anything. Uh, and then the next day, our neighbor, who was the head of the, um, the, the Spanish department at the high school in our area, said they had just gotten their Bethany baby. She called and said, do you need a science teacher, a Spanish teacher? And I'm going, you know, hallelujah. And so I just, you know, the Lord meets us when he knows our needs. He meets us and provides. And to me, your life is so epitomized by that, by your faith and, you know, trusting God and walking with God. I just want to encourage people that that doesn't change when your kids are in high school. God still provides. Wow. It's, you know, it, there's no part of really even parenting that we can do in and of ourselves and do well. I mean, we need God's strength in every part of it. And homeschooling is no different. I think homeschooling was a great walk of sanctification for me and God teaching me and growing me. And high school was just one more step. I mean, if you think about it, ninth grade is just the year after eighth grade. It's it's not a huge step. It is it does have more responsibility. It is a different dynamic, but really it's just the next step. And those high school years can just be amazing. I mean, they're just a, a beautiful time with your children. Um, so I would just encourage anybody to continue on and press on. So let's do this. Let's talk for just a minute about um, the things, the options that are available for kids after college, because uh, I mean, after high school, my kids went to college because the things they wanted to do required a college degree. But not every kid is college bound, nor should be. So what are the options for homeschool kids when they graduate from high school besides college? Yeah, I mean, well, they're the, they're the same options everybody has. But I, I think that homeschooling just prepares you better for all these options. I think I, um, there there's uh, just going straight into the workforce. There's starting a business. Um, maybe it's taking a year in apprenticing and just learning more about a trade and working alongside someone. Um, there are gap year programs that are amazing. And um, th there's some two-year college programs. There's certification programs. The military is very welcoming of homeschoolers. Um, there's just so much out there to consider. And I, I feel like the last two years, people are starting to open their eyes to that, those, all those possibilities. So Beth, talk just a little bit about the military option, because I know you have been to two conferences put on by the Army that, that um, is an Army Educators Conference, but they were also really keyed in on telling us about what's available in the Army for homeschool grads. Yeah, it's, you know, I remember the day when I thought um, homeschooling meant you had to you give up that option of going into the military, but that's no longer the case. They're very open and welcoming. Um, what, I, what I'm hearing is that they love that homeschoolers tend to be responsible. They love to learn. They love to ask questions. They um, don't um, shy away from a challenge. And so they are a great fit for the military. And so those Army educator tours that I've 
had the opportunity to go on have just been amazing to um, talk with um, Army um, personnel and learn more about what they're doing and and just how open they are to homeschoolers um, coming into the... So briefly, we don't want to get into all the details and the weeds of this, but there is a test that people could take their senior year in high school to see where they would fit in the military scheme of things. And that, is that the AMFAB? Can't... ASFAB. ASFAB. Okay. okay. A-S-V-A-B. And how would um, somebody access that test? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and actually, you can do it before the senior year. In fact, we just recently here in upstate South Carolina offered it to a group of students who came in and it was open to, I think, ninth through 12th graders could. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and it's about a two and a half hour long test. And even if a student isn't interested in the military, it's still a great test to help them learn more about their skill set. It goes beyond the academics that something like the SAT or ACT would look at, but looks at some of their aptitudes that they might be good at. Um, and we find that homeschoolers do really well on that, just like they do well on a lot of other testing. Um, if you're interested, you can talk to a local recruiter. You can also talk with a local school to see if it, they're offering it and would let you take it. Um, I know in South Carolina, there's several homeschool organizations that are setting up group testing. In fact, SCAES has one here in the month of February that they have set up for students in the Columbia area. Well, you know, um, one thing I wanted to mention is that um, because of you, Beth, we were able to attend the Army Educator Tour at Fort Stewart this summer. Mm -hmm. And it, it was in June in Savannah, the Savannah area. And Joe and I were so fascinated. We were able to talk to a two-star general that was there. And we asked him after dinner one night, what got you interested in homeschooling? And he said it was one of the top classes. I can't remember if it was on, you know, explosive devices or whatever, but the toughest class they offer to trainees in the military. And so he, he, I think everything was virtual at this point. And he came on and he said, uh, who was the number one in the class? And he raised his hand and he said, we'd like to recognize your school publicly. What school did you go to? And the homeschool grads, uh, the graduates said, well, I was homeschooled. So in the second and the third students in that class, when he asked, we'd like to recognize your homeschool, where'd you go to, you're a high school, where'd you go to school? They were all homeschooled. And so this general said, you know, I, you, I might be a little slow on some things, but I, it didn't take me long to realize that we have a wealth of um you just uh, their homeschooling offers a wealth of information and that he was just really so impressed and like you said earlier this hasn't always been true you know they wanted our kids to take ged coming out of high school or do other things but now they're accepting gladly accepting homeschool students and so i think that's um i think that's really great so Talk for just a minute, Beth, about um, starting a business and the entrepreneur opportunities, because I know you've seen kids who have graduated do all types of things. Yeah, I, I think one of the things that homeschooling does is it encourages students to think outside the box and to take initiative and to look for opportunities around them. I think that's what we're teaching them in the younger years. And that just translates really well into um, after high school and into the opportunities that they can pursue. But definitely um, we see students who are 
jumping into the business world, maybe maybe they start small. Some of them even start small in the high school years. We've known of some students who will start little side businesses in the high school years that then allow them to dabble in it and experiment a little bit and then proceed further after they graduate. Um, so it's definitely, uh, I think, the mindset of homeschooling and how students think that really facilitate that. You know, this reminds me of a conversation I had with an admissions counselor uh, several years ago, and he said the thing that surprised him the most was the leadership um, ability of almost every high school student that was homeschooled that came on his campus. He said, you know, Sam, I don't know what I was. we were expecting, you know, maybe kids who are tied to their mom's apron strings because they homeschool through high school. And he laughed and he said, I don't know what happens in the homeschool setting, but man, these kids are independent. And, you know, he just talked about they're not burnout intellectually because they haven't been in that school setting all those years. They come with a sort of a vitality in learning that they don't see in a lot of other students. And, and he said the thing that just keeps surprising him is the leadership ability that homeschool kids demonstrate when they're on campus. He said the other thing that teachers, professors have mentioned to him is homeschool students know how to take a syllabus, do the assignments, follow up, and they don't need somebody holding their hands. And so I know you, so so we were talking about entrepreneurship, but that whole thing of being taught outside, the, learning to think outside the box, I think applies in a lot of situations. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it goes beyond entrepreneurship. We've seen a lot of students um, do internships and apprenticeships that have gotten them um, skills. I have a, a couple situations, one in particular, just this past these past two years, a student coming out of COVID, um, you know, during those COVID years, everything was for a year, everything was virtual. And he was a high school student and he was able to get a job um, during that time because he was doing his virtual work, flex, um, flexing it with his schedule. Well, then school started to go back to in person and he was going to have to quit his job. And I, that was just going to be devastating. So the family came to us and said, what if we homeschool? And they had actually homeschooled their daughter prior. So we talked a little bit, got him on a track for some academics, but he really just wasn't interested in the academics. He wanted to be out working, learning, doing. And so um, we talked and brainstormed and got him enrolled in the welding program at the local technical college. And that young man not only graduated this past December a semester early, he also has his full welding certification from that technical college. And his mom has just raved at his confidence level, his um, leadership, his initiative. Just He's just a happier person because he was able to explore and find what was a good fit for him. Oh, that's that's pretty amazing. And I don't think it's uncommon either. I think that happens a lot in homeschooling. It does. You know, I look back at my homeschooling and I think about all the mistakes I made. Sometimes it's a little overwhelming as I get to interview so many people who are experts in homeschooling or experts in, you know, different things. But one of the um, probably maybe a big mistake that I made that ended up having a happy ending was when we started homeschooling Ty in ninth grade. Lizzie was just starting first grade. I was teaching her how to read. And here's John in middle school. So John was always a very precocious learner. 
<laughs> and so as I'm trying to think, you know, like I say, this is back in the day, no co-ops, no online classes, nothing like that. Thinking, how am I going to do this? So I looked at John at the beginning of the school year, who's in seventh grade. And I said, John, I proclaim you to be in high school. Bless his heart. We just skipped middle school for him. And so he did everything Ty did, you know, took all the same classes, uh, had the same Spanish tutor, did the same science classes. And he finished up most of his work at the end of the 10th grade. So we had two great years. I mean, he still had some schoolwork to do, but he was so involved and team packed and serving on their staff and traveling the country and staffing classes for them. And he had a chance to travel with a friend of ours who traveled a lot for periodontal conferences and saw a lot of ecosystems. So we put together this eco course, half credit, you know, of all the places he had seen and he did some reading. And so, you know, it, it really is fascinating what you can do when a child has some free time to pursue their own interest and in the way God made them. Yeah, absolutely. We see that all the time. And I think that's one of the great benefits. Um, homeschooling really doesn't take as much time in your day. It shouldn't take as much time in your day. And you can get the academics in, but then it leaves a huge amount of time or at least an additional amount of time that can be used for some of these other activities to pursue hobbies, to pursue interests, to work, to get internships or apprenticeships to get involved in things. My boys were involved in um, the NCFCA Speech and Debate League, and uh, that was an amazing experience for them. It taught them how to articulate their thoughts, how to, um, to research and how to defend their ideas and to do it in a godly and kind way. Um, it taught them how to listen to others, to converse with others, and that's carried them through life. They're not in a job that requires that they debate with someone, but it's allowed them to um, be able to speak in public settings more easily and share their thoughts more, co more coherently. Um, and so those opportunities that you have in high school to do some of those other things, and that involved for us traveling to tournaments where we might be gone for a Wednesday through Saturday. And so we could adjust our schoolwork around those that schedule. Um, and those were just amazing opportunities. And I guess your kids were able to make homeschool friends um, nationwide as well, doing something like that. Yeah, absolutely. They have they had friends all over the Southeast because the debate league they were in was the Southeast region. And our daughter was a soccer player. So she that was her niche. And so we could do soccer tournaments and travel with that if we needed to. And we could adjust. She was great at looking at her schedule for the week and saying, okay, I've got a soccer game Thursday night. So Friday's going to be a rough morning because we'll have been traveling and gotten home late. So I want to um, get as much done extra as I can to make my schedule easier on that day. And um, there's just so much flexibility, but it also was teaching them real life. Like that's what we do in our real life. We adjust our schedules. We figure out what we need to do and we manage our time. And that's just what they naturally learned to do during those high school years. And it really carried over well and helped them transition into the, the adult world very seamlessly. Okay, let's switch tracks for a minute and talk about kids with special needs um, and how homeschooling in high school really can help them find a niche in terms of maybe working in some areas and internships and 
So I, I know you worked a lot with that whole process at SCAES. We actually came up with the um, third type of diploma, and it was for special needs kids that acknowledged their work for employers in other situations. Uh, absolutely. Um, first of all, rec just recognizing that there's a wide range of uh, learning differences and, and needs that might um, affect a student. Uh, everything from something mild to something major. And some, some of the milder cases, homeschooling is just a natural accommodation. Parents just naturally will find what's working for their student, and they may be able to address a lot of those things naturally. But then if it's a little bit more severe, again, they're, they're looking to find solutions and they're looking to find resources. And SCAES has a great special needs department with counselors who can help them with that. Um, but we also wanted to recognize that while some of these students may not be able to do all the academics that you need for a diploma, they are doing great things. And so d in developing that employability um, certificate, it allows the student to, or the parent to work with the student to build up the positive, um, the skills that they have to maximize those. If they could work in a job, um, one or two days a week or get some skills doing something that we want them doing that. We want to give them credit for it. We want to recognize that as part of the learning process. Education isn't all about academic subjects. So I think the employability certificate that SCAES is doing helps recognize that and, um, and just rewards those students, but it also prepares them for some job situations down the road and helps them develop some of those soft skills and other skills that they might need. You know, and for parents living everywhere, I mean, whether they're global or whether they're in the United States and other states besides South Carolina, which we um, happen to address there, you, if you have a child with special needs, you do have an opportunity to really work with them um, and see their, their employability um, possibilities. Because as a parent, it's amazing, I mean, how you can use your own sphere of contacts or connect with your state organization, connect with your support group, and find a place for your child to be plugged in. Um, I think probably one of the most, there, there are two really growing areas of homeschooling right now. One is within the Black community, and the other is in the special needs community. Um, and, and for special needs, it's just... We're seeing so many kids coming out of special needs classrooms and going into homeschooling just for all the reasons you just mentioned. Yeah. And there are organizations out there where, I mean, maybe your child is already going to therapies. And so you take them, the um, homeschooling allows you more flexibility to go to those therapy appointments to get some added help in some specific areas. But then again, as the parent, I just can't stress enough the importance of moms and dads to use what God has given you to recognize in your own children, whether they're special needs or not, recognizing their strengths, their weaknesses, where you want them to grow. And I, I think, I mean, God gave us our children for a reason and he is going to help us understand them. So I think using that to help figure out the best path for our kids, but also to, um, to just help 
them be the best person they can be. And if a special needs student can't ever work in a job, help them find what it is that they can excel at and be good at and let them be that great person. I think of one of our board members at SCAES, Dr. Jackson, his two special needs boys are just amazing. And just how they can light up a room with some of the things that they say and do and how special those boys are. And uh, whether they ever work in a formal job or not, they are um, beautiful young men that God has created. And I think homeschooling allows us to celebrate that even more. Um, so one thing you mentioned a little bit in passing that I would like to discuss a little bit more is after graduation, the number of kids now, the homeschool graduates and other graduates are taking advantage of the gap year. So explain a little bit what a gap year is, Beth, and some of the programs or um, possibilities for a gap year. Yeah. So a gap year is an intentional year of taking some time off, taking a gap in between high school and the next step. So it isn't just a year of I don't know what to do. I'm going to play video games all year. It's a year I'm saying I, I have some goals for this year. What we want to explore some things about to learn who you are a little bit better, to grow spiritually, to grow in whatever way. And so finding a program, many of these programs will really help you achieve that. So, and, and what we found is that if they then go to college later, colleges are fine with you taking a gap year. What I've been told is, is a gap year is fine if it is an intentional year. Like they might ask the question, well, what did you do in your gap year? So have, I would encourage parents to help their students set goals for that year of what they want to accomplish. Some of them, they can earn college credit. Some of them um, not, but it's just an intentional time as, as growing as a person. You know, this may be dated information, but I know uh, Chick-fil-A used to be a sponsor of something called the 360 program, and it was actually a program that was a year where kids would stay in dorms somewhere, and they would take courses that some of them translated into college credits, and I think they would do a missions trip with it. And if I'm not mistaken, Worldview Academy um, has a, a place now, a gap year program for kids coming out of high school. So there are tons of organizations that parents can look for online and see who's offering GAP programs. Um, for Christians, there are a lot of programs like that that are teaching them how to, to keep their biblical worldview strong if they're going into a secular learning environment or even to the jo a job or a military. It's just a, a great, it can be a great faith strengthening year for our Christian kids who are graduating. Absolutely. Yes. Great opportunity. Um, one of the things that, Beth, you have hit on this, but I want to talk about it a little bit more, is that I have people say to me, when we start homeschooling in high school, all the fun goes away <clears throat> because we've got so many check boxes. You know, we've got all these credits, uh, all, and, and it's for keeps. You know, somebody else is going to be looking at these um this transcript besides me. So how how can we, what are some things we can do to keep that fun in homeschooling in the midst of all the serious work that goes on? Yeah, and you're right. It does step up a bit. It does become a little more serious. The stakes become a little higher. The responsibility level goes up. And 
I, the first thing I would say is I don't think that's all bad. I think that's part of the transition process of growing from children to adulthood. And I think those high school years are important years for helping our students navigate that transition from um, we don't want to just throw them into the college world or into the workforce when they graduate totally unprepared. So there's nothing wrong with added responsibility. But I do think that you can really look at the elective credits that they're doing. That's a great place to pull in some things that interest them. When parents would ask me, what do we do for an elective? I often would say, well, what are the things they enjoy doing? Do they enjoy um, pursuing a certain, like, are they artistic? Do they like to draw? Well, then look for some art classes in your area. And um, look for some experiences, maybe go to some art museums and go on some little trips where you go and explore art museums in another city. And um, so when you take something like that, you're still getting in the academic work, but you're bringing some fun into it. And then the other part is like what you said, um, working ahead a little bit allows a little bit easier schedule, spreading those credits out so you can get some of those fun things in and you do want to build that. You just have to be intentional to build in those times and use the flexibility of homeschooling when you um, can adjust your schedule and take trips in the off season and take advantage of that. You just have to be intentional to take that time and do it. You know, we had a friend, we worked with her at one point. Um, she was a younger high school, a homeschool graduate. And she made the comment, she said, my friends were talking about going to the beach and how warm it was. And she stopped and thought, really, you can be warm at the beach? Because since they homeschooled, they'd always taken the cheaper blue week, you know, in, in January and gone yeah. where the cost yeah. was next to nothing. So, yeah. but that, that really is, that is a huge benefit. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.